Hi friends, welcome to another episode of The Legacy. Thank you for joining us as always. And before we get started, I would like to ask that if you haven't already, you would uh, subscribe and you would uh, push the bell there to um, be alerted of new materials that comes out because we've got quite a few new things that I've got in the works to coming soon. The text for today's study can be found in Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke 5. And today we're going to see the team expand as a new disciple joins the mission. Mark and Luke tell us the man's name was Levi, which means joined or connected. In his own gospel, though, he refers to himself as Menyahu or Matthew, which means gift of God. This is not a contradiction. It was not unusual for people in those days to have more than one name. Or it may have been that Jesus changed his name like he changed Simon's to Peter's. We don't know for certain. But Matthew was a publican, not a republican. The title comes from a Latin word publicanus, which means someone who handles public money. In other words, Matthew was a tax collector, one of the most hated groups of people in the land at the time. We'll talk more about that as we go. Matthew worked in Capernaum where Jesus lived, and no doubt he knew who Jesus was. Maybe he'd even heard him preach before. But by all indications, he'd set up his collection booth and was seemingly having a normal day at work when Jesus came by and says, follow me. For a Jewish person to work as a tax collector for the Romans was to be seen as a traitor to your people. While the tax collectors did have a quota they were expected to meet, their overseers were willing to look the other way if the collectors wanted to charge extra and pocket the money for themselves. Fraud and abuse were very common, so the animosity that the Jews had toward them was understandable. As a result, tax collectors were shunned from community life. They were considered to be criminals and outcasts, even put in the same class as prostitutes. Oh. They were not allowed to worship in the temple. Remember in Jesus' parable, when the Pharisee went into the temple to pray, the um, tax collector stood far away. That also makes it much more revolutionary that Jesus would call one of them to follow him. Keep in mind that when Matthew uh, committed to follow Jesus, he instantly had to burn bridges with his old life. Luke's account tells us that he immediately left all to follow Jesus. In other words, he walked away from a very high-paying career with no avenue to return to it. Remember, the other disciples who were uh, there at the time were fishermen and conceivably could have returned if they wanted to. In fact, later on, Peter did think about going back to it at a time when he, he was having some doubts, but Matthew wouldn't have had that option. So in obeying Jesus' call, Matthew invites Jesus and the disciples to come to his home and he throws a big party with all of his tax collector friends. This may have been his way of saying goodbye to them or it may have been his, their way of uh, that may have been his way of giving them an opportunity to meet Jesus. More than likely, it's probably a combination of both. But once again, on the scene are the scribes and the Pharisees harassing the disciples. What's he doing here? How do people like this? Jesus overhears them and gives them a response that we should all rejoice at. Those that are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I'm called not to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. Friends, Jesus is not far from any of us. He meets us where we are. He comes to sinners like us and calls us lovingly, graciously to have a relationship with him. But something important to remember here, Jesus ate with sinners, but he didn't sin with them. We, he made it very clear that his call was to forsake sin and to live a righteous life. Sometimes well-meaning Christians may be sincere in their desire to help someone, but they get too close and the lost person begins to influence them in a negative way. The Bible in a number of places warns against the danger of yoking yourself together with unbelievers. And there's a balance you need to maintain there. Um, of course, minister to anyone you can, but at the same time, guard your own heart. 
Later in Acts 1.13, we see Matthew named among those gathered in the upper room waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Although the gospel attributed to, to him doesn't uh, have a name attached to it, historical evidence is very strong that it was his work in writing, or at least in compiling it. It quotes extensively from the Old Testament, indicating that uh, Matthew is very well educated in the Hebrew Scriptures. There are a number of legends and traditions, obviously some more accurate than others, about Matthew's later life. But it seems that he started off ministering to his fellow Jews, and then he went to preach the gospel in Ethiopia, where he was eventually martyred. With the addition of Matthew, it looks like the uh, assuming of the rest of the 12 disciples happened pretty quickly, and obviously we'll be meaning the rest of them before too much longer. But Matthew's story is a special one. It shows us Jesus' heart for the outcast. It shows how God's love and grace are extended to even the most hated and rejected people. But wherever we may be in life, the most important question you'll ever answer is, how will we answer when Jesus says, come and follow me? And friends, I'd strongly encourage you to ponder that if you haven't already. Thank you for joining us, and as always, keep it real.